0: Washington. Another weekend of demonstrations in Hong Kong. Anti-government protesters attacking the Hong Kong office of China's official Xinhua News Agency for the first time today. In Tupelo, Mississippi last night, President Trump greeted by enthusiastic supporters. He told the crowd that his Democratic opponents have lost their minds.
1: While we're creating jobs and killing terrorists, the Democrat Party has gone completely insane.
0: Former Vice President Joe Biden, meanwhile, warning voters in Des Moines, Iowa last night that a 2020, the 2020 election will be the most important in his lifetime. The
2: very character of America is on the ballot next November.
0: And Mr. Biden's comments airing courtesy of KCCI on Wall Street Friday. The Dow gained more than 300 points. This is SRN News.
3: Dennis Prager sees the cheapening of words. This
4: impeachment stuff is beyond belief. Remember, the left cheapens everything. Impeachment means nothing now. Impeachment means we don't like the last election results. That's what it means. It used to mean
3: you actually committed serious crimes. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at 11 on AM 1280. The Patriot. Intelligent Radio.
5: The best and longest running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities is right here on The Patriot. Join Mitch Berg and Brad Carlson of the Northern Alliance Radio Network every Saturday and Sunday afternoon at 1 because each week the NARN brings you the best in local, political, and conservative talk. It's the NARN Saturday and Sundays 1 to 3 right here on The Patriot. Let's take a look at your Twin Cities forecast from the Great Plains Windows and Doors Weather Center. we got cloudy skies this afternoon and tonight with a high of 37 and a low of 29.
3: The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's
1: great to be back in Minnesota today.
3: Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act,
1: Mitch
4: Bird.
1: Welcome back, Twin Cities and World the wind beneath the right wing, the shining spot of red in the sea of dismal, dingy, institutional blue. Welcome back. My name is Mitch Berg. My blog dark. Info. My ammo back after a week off on assignment. My assignment, of course, last week. Actually, I'm going to tell you about it a little bit here. Normally, I don't go a lot into the things that I do in my uh, in my off time from the show here, but I'm going to do that this week because we've got... We had a great time last week. Actually, King Banyan, Ed Morrissey, and I all kind of had, had the same uh, agenda item last Saturday. We all were involved in judging a speech contest at the Minnesota State Capitol called Speaking Proudly, and that was a speech contest for high school uh, young ladies uh, to talk about uh, a political subject. In this case, it was uh, speeches based on the theme of... Uh, Ben Franklin's famous statement, what kind of government do we have? Well, we have a republic if we can keep it. And it was a group of, I don't know, probably 25 or 30 young ladies from around the state, I mean, literally all over the state of Minnesota, speaking on and about that topic. And notwithstanding the fact that the contest was put on by a group of uh, Republican women, uh, there was no political litmus test. We saw speeches on all sides of the political spectrum, and uh, and no side, frankly. We saw a little bit of everything. And I have decried in the past the collapse of the art of oratory and the craft of oratory in America. How how uh, politicians can't speak. Uh, good oratory is never seen on television. You never see somebody like Ronald Reagan giving a uh, his, his time for choosing speech on primetime TV anymore in America. Uh, speaking in America is always accompanied by lots and lots of editing, lots of lots of flashy video effects. Uh, speaking to the MTV generation as much as technical exercise as it is uh, an expression of the craft of speaking in public. And in fact, whatever my various differences, many differences I've had with the likes of Jesse Jackson and uh, people of his ilk over the years, it sometimes seems that people who come through the uh Black church tradition uh are the only people who can construct a compelling speech in public anymore who really understand the various parts of the art and craft of of giving a speech of of oratory in front of a group of people to try and convince to try and sway people and with that in mind, and by the way, watching our Congress try to string words together is enough to make anyone who values oratory uh, the craft and art of public speech depressed for days uh, and and makes you want to go tune in C-span and watch uh, them give their occasional uh, jaunts through the British parliament which say what you will about the British parliament and the the way they have governed the united kingdom in recent years but boy can they work a room you have to be able to pack the gear as a public speaker to to make it through uh, any of the the public speaking exercises in the in the British Parliament. Anyway, I digress. Uh, the speaking proudly event was just a pleasure to watch, and and I will explain why. Because this, if you've never judged a speech contest, and I suspect most of you have not, my biggest worry, having remembered high school speech contests from years ago was that I would have a hard time telling three out of the four people in in each round that they did not pack the gear uh, in a tactful way Uh, because I kind of figured it would be a matter of if we're lucky in any flight of four of these well-meaning and well-spirited high school girls, we might get one speech that was worth passing on to the next round if we were lucky. And I could not have been more wrong. I say this with all sincerity because when it comes to – the art and craft of public speaking i am pretty relentlessly clinical i call a spade a spade if something is not good i'm not going to coddle it i will i will say that that the vast majority if if you're giving a terrible speech well i'll tell you why i really will and to my amazement that was never an issue last week. Uh, the, the speakers came by. We had various rooms at State Capitol uh, with uh, panels of judges, five of us uh, in, in every room, sitting watching the speeches. And the contestants came by in sort of round-robin fashion over the course of two hours, giving their speeches for, I think they were allowed seven minutes apiece. And then each group of four circulated, after all the speeches were done, to the next room full of judges. And each of us saw three flights of four or five speakers. And I could not have been more wrong. Uh, In each of these rounds of four or five speakers, the hard part was picking who the winner was. Usually the fourth place finisher, it was kind of a clear choice. But one and two and usually three, there were some real toss-ups. And I mean toss-ups among excellent choices. So I don't know who's teaching kids to speak out there these days, but whoever you are, and we're talking the high school young women from all over Minnesota, someone out there is teaching them something, somehow. Don't know who. I can't imagine it's the high schools. I don't hear about public speaking programs at the high school level, level anymore. I could be set straight on that. Trust me. I'd be happy to be set straight on that. But the speeches were excellent, and by no means all right-leaning, although many of them were, and, and they were excellent. I mean, not just well-spoken, not just well fluent in the art and craft of, of the technique of speaking, making eye contact, enunciating, slowing down, all the stuff that, that you do, just the mechanics of giving a pub- good public speech. I'm, I'm talking about some really good, thoughtful, uh, in sometimes intense messages. I was incredibly impressed. This speech contest, speaking proudly, is is a biennial event. comes out every uh, every every odd numbered year. At least that's the plan. And I could not overstate how much I'm looking forward to the next one. I sincerely hope I get to judge the next one here, and uh, we get even more uh, people interested. By the way, there was $1,000 in prizes, uh, prize money going out. So it was, it was definitely worth the trip for whoever it was who, who won. I, I don't have the results on me right now, and that's perfectly okay. But, uh, had a great time doing that last week on assignment. Uh, Brad Carlson, of course, uh, well, he was not there, but King Banyan and Ed Morrissey both were. Ed Morrissey, we'll get him on next time here. Uh, Ed Morrissey, King Banyan, both uh, uh, judged as well, as I recall. And uh, I didn't run into either of them. They were in later rounds. Apparently, they've got the connections. I just did the prelims. That's okay. Uh, so ever, someone has to do it. And I had a great time with it. So uh, if you are have any chance to get involved, if you know a young lady uh, who will be a junior next year or or, or lower, they will be eligible in two years. Stay tuned. We'll we'll definitely be plugging this event in two years when it comes up again here. So, that was speaking proudly last week at the Minnesota State Capitol. What that did have the effect of doing, being off on assignment during what was a very very busy news week, uh, was give me a two week backlog of stuff to talk about here, uh, and it was quite the quite the couple of weeks to to wind up not doing a show. Of course, the big news over the past two weeks, at least in, uh, in terms of, uh, of international news, was the death of uh, al-Baghdadi, the former uh, head of, of ISIS, the, the, uh, the, the person who was the, uh, the head of the Islamic State, uh, for those of you who are the cali- the would-be caliphate. And it was a big moment for President Trump. You could tell he was relishing the moment as he came out and made the announcement I believe it was it only a week ago this past sunday morning i remember uh, waking up early and and seeing the traffic on twitter and, and watching the president talking you could tell he was enjoying the heck out of giving that announcement i mean an, an announcement its own way every bit as big as as the one that uh, that, that barack obama uh, gave uh, uh, on the on the demise of osama bin laden back in 2000 was that 2012 huge event and 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 you could tell that he he relished the chance not only to announce the demise of the western world's really the human world's former publicly enemy number one a person whom uh donald trump had as much role in the demise of as any other uh politician could have possibly had but he also understood something. Uh, this ties into something that Scott Adams said about Trump, probably close to, a little over four years ago, well before the election, well before anyone uh, took Donald Trump seriously. Donald Adams, got, uh, Scott Adams, rather of the comic strip strip Dilbert, one of the very few uh, pundits who correctly gauged Donald Trump's chances to win the presidency. He predicted it before just about anyone outside the Trump camp did, and. He said, Donald Trump, his prime motivator in any competition he's in is to not just defeat his opponent, but humiliate them. And you could tell this by the relish he got in, in describing the, 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 the ignominious nature, one might say cowardly nature, of al-Baghdadi's demise grabbing three kids and hauling them into a cave before blowing himself and the three of them up with a suicide vest, calling him a coward, saying he ran like a dog. And it was interesting hearing the response from the media. I mean, the the, the first responses are the likes of Max Boot saying, hey, wait, there was no audio in that video. He couldn't have heard that. Which completely misses the point. This is even even if Donald Trump didn't intend it this way and i happen to believe he did messaging like that is a key part of messaging to the entire arab world status is, is something in the form of losing face is traditionally considered an asian trait you don't want to make a, for example japanese and chinese are acutely aware of their whether or not people are ridiculing. The idea of losing face is completely anathema to Japanese. It's a major emotional event. I mean, nobody likes to lose face, but Asians in general as a sociological trait, least of all. Arabs are no different. Being able to (laughs) to, to completely uh, smack talk a demised leader in that corner of the world... It's a fairly effective bit of messaging. You're the one who's still standing. They're the ones who are not. Uh, but that's not the end of the lunacy coming from big left and the media. Pardon their redundancy. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM A, The Patriot. Go nowhere. Be right back.
6: We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts BAG11 one one to 88988. Eight at 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting BAG11 to 88988. That's B-A-G-1-1 to 88988. Message and data rates may apply.
2: Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This isn't 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, can give you your real, natural-looking hair back permanently. They're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to everyone who texts SAVE11 to 85850. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. Hi, Saver! Looking for the smartest way to save on your Medicare Part D prescriptions? Walgreens is a preferred network pharmacy with many plans, including United Healthcare, which can mean copays as low as $0 on prescriptions with select plans. So when you enroll in a plan with Walgreens as your preferred pharmacy, you know you're saving smartly. Walgreens, trusted since 1901. Other plans may be accepted.
1: A.M. 12 to the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, the number to call. Or you can join me on Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, that's N-A-R-N Show, uh, for those of you who might get a little phone shy. Either way, operators are standing by, big show coming up here to so don't, don't compare me with other shows. There is no comparison whatsoever. 651-289-448. Hey, don't forget. It's the return of the Christmas mortgage miracle where we're trying to look to pay your rent or mortgage for all of next year. You can enter to win once a day at am 12 thepatriotcom There are even ways to get your uh, bonus entries, so be sure to check in daily for our VIP fan club page. With the money you save, you could make uh, take a long family vacation, contribute to a college fund, contribute to a college debt repayment, invest it, put it towards that home renovation you've been thinking about for years. It doesn't matter. We'll take care of it for you. Christmas Mortgage Miracle is brought to you by Tom Matini. Sorry, sorry, Tom Matini. Got to pronounce the names right. Tom Matini of New American Funding. That's the Christmas Mortgage Miracle. Such a big uh, success last year. We're having it all again. Once again, 651-289-4488. Don't forget, let's see, what else is coming up today? Oh, yeah, we got that John Augustine for the Legislative Evaluation Assembly, uh, their annual report card of the Minnesota State Legislature uh, coming up here later on in the broadcast here today. Also, don't forget tonight, my band Elephant in the Room uh, is going to be playing live at the Stillwater Lanes and Lounge you say, but Mitch, that sounds like a bowling alley, and you'd be right. But the actual bar side is a pretty nice room, pretty cool crowd, and we have a lot of fun playing Stillwater. So you want to check out my band, Elephant in the Room. It's at the Stillwater Lanes and Lounge, which is uh, on, on the west end of Stillwater, on Highway 30, just south of Highway 36 on Omaha. Basically, you go south of 36, about two blocks. And it's right there. It's the building that looks like a bowling alley with a bar, because it's exactly what it is. So, I uh, hope you can join us there, me and former producer uh, Tommy Nguyen, uh all of us uh, live here, uh, coming up in the broadcast here. So, broadcast, what am I saying? At the gig, Elephant in the Room, playing tonight at the, uh, at the Stillwater Lounge and Lanes. So... Big news this past week was the uh, demise, uh, the assumption of room temperature, as another talk show host is known to say, of, uh, of al-Baghdadi, the former uh, head of the Islamic State in Syria, also called ISIL or the Islamic State. And the thing that I thought was interesting was, was you saw almost immediately, you saw big media, which... Has has more than any other time. Uh, well, I shouldn't say more than any other time, but is is continuing its fairly normal role of of serving as a Democrat PR firm. Whatever the Democrat chanting points are, they will be right there. Uh, one interesting thing you probably heard about this: the New York, uh, excuse me, rather the Washington Post, the paper whose motto is "Democracy Dies in Darkness." Started off its online edition immediately after the announcement of the death of Abu Bakr al Baghdadi with a fairly normal headline saying, you know, he 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 was killed. The the head of the bloodthirsty former head of the Islamic State uh, died at 48." Uh, uh, this was briefly, uh, quickly replaced by a headline that read, "And I quote: Abu Bakr al Baghdadi." austere religious scholar at helm of Islamic State dies at 48. Austere religious scholar. You'd think he was talking about Billy Graham. You'd think you were talking about uh, some swami in a village in India somewhere. No! We're talking about someone who led a bureaucratic state, basically an attempt to create a fully functioning state, complete with bureaucracy, complete with authoritarian, theocratic government, but government nonetheless. A welfare state, an army, all of the apparatus of a state with all of the ideology of a Dark Ages theocracy that carried out to the letter the most bloodthirsty possible impl- uh, interpretation of, of Quranic law, what jihad means. There are legitimate debates in Muslim theology. I'm sorry for those of you who want to argue with me about this. Feel free at 651-289-4488. There are legitimate arguments in the world of Islamic theology about what jihad means. There are those who say it means, while, it may, while, while the Quran was written in a time of constant warfare, it may have meant... It may have been interpreted largely as physical jihad physically forcing people to convert or die at one point it's morphed into more of an intellectual a more of a spiritual battle. It's an interpretation you'd probably find from most Muslim clerics in the West today. There are those who will say it's all a big conspiracy theory that they're all snowing every last one of us every single one of them. You know, I have my doubts about that, and I've verbalized those doubts in the past, I'll continue to do so. But there is another school of thought on what jihad means, the exceedingly orthodox, ultra-fundamentalist, Wahhabi, or points farther out, interpretation, where it means literally you go and fight war. You wage violence against people who are not currently, not just, not Muslims, But the wrong kind of Muslims. While the the crimes against humanity, against Christians, against Yazidi, Iraqi Christians, against Kurds uh, are widely known, the vast majority of al-Baghdadi's, of the Islamic State's victims, were Muslims, but not the right kind of Muslims. Muslims who had participated in a state other than the Islamic State. Because under a strict interpretation of Quranic law, any government that isn't a caliphate run under Islamic law by a caliph is apostasy. Participating in it is an apostatic sin punishable by death. And he, he and his forces administered that death in medieval fashion, literally, stomach-turning fashion, over and over and over again. We need not repeat the crimes against humanity carried out by Baghdadi and his forces, although it is well for people to know what the Dark Ages interpretation of Islam, in fact, does mean to people of all faiths, including Muslims, who don't buy into the notion of the caliphate. This was Baghdadi's legacy. But... You'd never know that from reading the Washington Post, which eventually, in its story, backed into the crimes against humanity uh, for which Baghdadi and his faction that ran the Islamic State for a number of years, including a high-water mark that led them taking over a fair chunk of northwestern Iraq and southeastern Syria, what that actually meant, converting him instead into a, quote, austere religious scholar. At the helm of a state seems fairly innocuous, doesn't it? It'd be a little bit like uh, saying Adolf Hitler was a vegetarian dog lover who united Europe like nobody ever had before. All of which is true, by the way. Couldn't bear the thought of of killing a cow to to make uh, make uh, make Wiener Schnitzel. Wiener Schnitzel? No, that's a veal. Yeah, that's cow. Okay. Uh, you couldn't bear the thought of eating meat because it was cruel. He was a dog lover. I I mean, up there with, with the greats in terms of his love of our furry four-legged friends. And boy, did he reunite Europe. Somehow, you'd never expect to see the Washington Post write a headline like Adolf Hitler, vegetarian dog lover who united Europe like nobody for before him. And if, and, and of course they didn't. It was absurd, as it is absurd today, to make Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi anything but a theocratic butcher. The difference is that Adolf Hitler was at war against the United States at a time when it was governed by Franklin Delano Roosevelt and at a time when the vast majority of Americans literally had skin in the game, either themselves personally or in their family. Today, to the self-appointed elites who run the media industrial complex in America, the war is something that's being fought by someone else's kids on behalf of the bad orange man and if policies pushed by orange man led to Baghdadi's demise well then Baghdadi can't have been all bad could he the big left has learned virtually nothing from the legacy of Winston Churchill but Winston Churchill's great statement of political pragmatism uh, for joining up with his former erstwhile enemy, Joseph Stalin, against Adolf Hitler, uh, in which he said words to the effect of if if Satan himself were aligned against Hitler, I'd buy him a drink, or, or words to that general effect, that would seem to be the only part of Winston Churchill's legacy that big left has adopted any way shape or form uh, any enemy of donald trump's has got to be not all bad am i being too harsh on the washington post if you disagree with me feel free to give me a call 651-289-4488 you can join me on twitter for that matter at hashtag narn show that's n-a-r-n show what does this mean by the way the the spin didn't stop there we'll, we'll talk more about that in just a moment here. Uh, Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280 The Patriot. Go nowhere. We will be right back. Yes. Yes, we will. We will be right back.
2: Call AIG Direct right now for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you can save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-458-3263. That's 1-800-458-3263. 1-800-458-3263.
0: Guys, waking up over and over to urinate is not okay. But now, you can reduce those nighttime bathroom trips with the ingredients in Super Beta Prostate P3 Advanced. We're talking about less urges to urinate at night, less bathroom trips during the day, and better bladder emptying. It's like taking three prostate supplements in one. You can try a full 30-day bottle of P3 Advanced. Free. Just Just pay shipping and handling. No strings attached, no obligations, and no commitments to buy. This is a 30-day supply. Absolutely free. Call 1-800-424-9446. Super Beta Prostate is the best-selling brand in major retailers like Walmart. But for this no-strings-attached free bottle, you must call now. Call 1-800-424-9446. Don't miss out on this unprecedented free offer. 1-800-424-9446. 1-800-424-9446.
5: Come on into the Rack Shack's New Egan location and wrap your taste buds around the Patriot Burger. Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, here with Keith Hittner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue. How are you liking that New Egan location? Oh man, Egan is wonderful. We have so much more space and a dynamic center that allows us to better serve our in-store customer as well as our catering clients. You know, Keith, our listeners love the Patriot Burger almost as much as the Patriot. It's a brisket and chuck half-pound burger that's red, white, and blue through and through, American cheese on top, and the American flag proudly flies out of the top of the bun. The Patriot Burger comes with your choice of any of our sides, like our famous hand-cut fries, all just for $12.80. Get it? $12.80? Best burger in the USA. You really have to try today at the Rack Shack Barbecue's new Egan location. We're just a mile east of Cedar Avenue on Cliff Road in the heart of Cedar Cliff Center. You'll love our new digs. Come and see us today, or join us at rackshackbarbecue.com. Rack
2: Barbecue,
1: AM 1280, The Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network 651-289-4488 Join me if you are so inclined and here's hoping you are By the way, friendly reminder to set your clocks back an hour tonight It's Daylight Savings Time ending tonight Not what it is, I thought it began tonight I have no idea Either way, tonight You won't miss out on your favorite Sunday morning shows here on AM 12A The Patriot. You won't be uh, off an hour for Brad Carlson tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And you get an extra hour sleep, even better. So, if you're so inclined, you can come out to see our gig tonight and... uh That extra hour of sleep. You won't lose anything uh, by, by being out and about into the wee hours of the morning because the wee hours aren't as wee this week. You get the extra hour of sleep. So join Elephant in the Room. Just saying. 651-289-4488. Uh, lots and lots of stuff com- uh, coming up here today to, uh, to, to talk about. By the way, I haven't talked with you guys since we had the uh, Dennis Prager-Larry Elder event here uh, in in the Twin Cities at the Crown Plaza, down by the Mall of... The Crown Plaza Air, I believe it is, down by the Mall of America. Great event. We'll be touching on one of uh, the big themes, especially Dennis Prager's big themes. I'm reminded of my, my impression of the event. Of course, it's always a great time to talk with Dennis Prager, to listen to Dennis Prager do his thing. Larry Elder, also a great guy. Larry is learning what all the other Salem hosts learn, which is once you get Dennis Prager up on a stage, you can just... Kiss seventy five percent of the of the mic time goodbye because Dennis will fill the time, and that's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong, Dennis Prager. Uh, every every time he goes on mic, he drops a wisdom bomb on you that let's be frank, the world needs. Oh, there's a big event here. We've got uh, we've got the premiere of No Safe Spaces, the the documentary by Dennis Prager and Adam Carolla. It's coming out soon. Um, what's that? Oh, it sold out. Really? We, we sold out the theater apparently in just moments. So, okay, no tickets available. Sorry, sorry to to, to bait and switch there. Uh, there will be no tickets available now. Although the the documentary will be coming to a theater near you shortly. This is just the uh, the, the the public premiere of uh, No Safe Spaces. Uh, Dennis Prager and Adam Carolla's look. Uh, as he announced at the event last week at the Crown Plaza, uh, air by the mall, of his new documentary with uh, with Adam Carolla, two diametrically opposed people, you would think. Uh, and yet they find common cause and do some pretty cool stuff together, by the way. So you're going to want to see that movie when it does come out. I, uh, Brad Carlson and I will be joining uh, a few hundred of our closest friends uh, at the theater this week, uh, th- I believe later on this week, to kind of host the evening. So looking forward to seeing you all there. If you if you are going to be there, stop by, say hi. Anyway, we're talking about the media coverage this past week of the death of Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, the former uh, and now room temperature head of the Islamic State, who, as Donald Trump pointed out in his rather gleeful announcement last Sunday morning, he died like a dog. He died like a sniveling coward. He took three kids with him, blew himself and them up with a suicide vest. They basically, uh, the, the Delta operators involved in the raid, had to clean him off the walls of the, uh, of the cave into which he ran with, with tooth, toothbrushes and scrapers. But this they did, and they confirmed it was him. He's dead. And listening to the media back and, backing and filling after the event after the initial announcement wore off, it took a couple of different turns. Uh, the first was the likes of the Washington Post doing their best to spin Zarqawi as well. Really not that bad because he died at the behest of Orange Man. Or its second cousin, uh, Donald Trump may have actually harmed the cause of going after Al Baghdadi, uh, absent any actual evidence. Feel free to call me up and discuss that at six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. Then there was the Monday morning quarterbacking on on the media over the course of the week about how, well, really Zarkawi—that's oh, Zarkawi—Al uh, Baghdadi wasn't that big of a deal anymore anyway. Now these the same people, by the way who turned cartwheels down Park Avenue when Barack Obama announced the demise of Osama bin Laden. And make no mistake about it, Americans had great reason to celebrate Osama bin Laden's assumption of room temperature, courtesy of the Navy SEALs. It was a great event. That being said, in the 11 years since 9-11 he'd largely been a non-entity. The movement that he built was so asymmetric, so decentralized that frankly he, he he could have been he could have disappeared years earlier and nothing would have changed. Al-Qaeda's fate wouldn't have taken one turn or the other different than it had because he had gone underground almost immediately after the Taliban fell in Afghanistan in let's remember this now 2001, early 2002. He went underground and stayed there. Yes, he communicated with the rest of Al-Qaeda via courier. Uh, his communications were so disrupted that he, while he was not a non-entity, he had to devote so much time and energy and effort to stealth that he couldn't really function as a leader. And for that matter, he didn't have to because his organization was, again, an asymmetric terrorist organization built around lots of unlinked cells basically grouped around an ideology rather than a chain of command. And so for years, when Democrats would, for lack of a better word, yap about the fact that Osama bin Laden was still at large two or five or eight years after, well, six, seven years after 9-11, because those chants stopped when Barack Obama was elected, my response was, okay, it would be nice To apprehend or kill someone who was, in fact, uh, involved, the driving force behind the terrorist attacks, not just on 9-11, but going back into the 1990s, the bombing of the World Trade Center, the bombing of the coal, the bombing of the U.S. embassies in Tanzania and and Kenya, and and others. Certainly nothing wrong with bringing him to justice, preferably at room temperature, off of the fantail of an aircraft carrier. Not quibbling with that at all. But on the other hand, it's not quite the same as picking off Dwight Eisenhower before D-Day. He was a figurehead by this point. He was a figurehead by 2003. Uh, Communicating only in the breach and only when it was safe to do so, and only through extreme means that, by the way, don't lead to effective command and control. And so killing... Osama bin Laden, while taking nothing away from the achievement of the SEALs and intelligence people who found and offed him, was not exactly, it was an achievement, not taking any way, even from Barack Obama, not taking anything away from him, although there's word that he dithered on the decision for a a bit of a, a I haven't had to make that kind of a decision. I'm not going to second guess him. I've never had to send men into combat in hostile territory before, which, by the way, the SEALs did have to do uh, on the on the bin Laden mission. So I'm not going to second-guess President Obama about that. But I am going to second-guess the media response, who – and apparently Jimmy Kimmel, uh, for all of his other uh, flaws, did an interesting uh, – I'm told – Side by side comparison of the response to Obama's announcement and Trump's announcement in the media. Uh, the, the the hosannas that greeted Obama's announcement, a highly welcome announcement of the death of Bin Laden, were very different than the sniping, the nitpicking, the second guessing that met last week's media that announcement. That, that's that's to be expected. And ah, Baghdadi killed Americans, but not on our own soil, not to the extent that that, that happened on 9-11 or any other uh, or any of the other attacks that bin Laden carried out. That being said, he was responsible for tens of thousands of deaths in the near near and Middle East. And he was uh, one of the wor- worst butchers we've seen in recent world history, certainly in this century. And yet, to hear the media respond to his demise after the immediate uh, burst of, I don't know, fact-checking Donald Trump's announcement, like the ever more irrelevant Max Boots uh, claimed that you couldn't hear any video, uh, so how could Donald Trump know what was being said in the tunnel? Irrelevant. <laughs> it's the the. Perception is reality, something that Donald Trump, for all of his many sins, understands in a way that Max Boot clearly does not. I always liked Max Boot as a historian. Uh, so I take him with a block of salt, one of those big blocks of salt they used to give horses out west. Anyway, you heard the sort of second guessing this past week, though, uh, once you got past that round of sort of nitpicky fact-checking. You heard a lot of learned experts from Foggy Bottom talking about how, well, it's really not all that significant because ISIS is now a decentralized, asymmetric terror organization that doesn't really have a leader. They're a figurehead. A figurehead. All the things that, well, bin Laden actually was up until his demise. But there's one key difference. One key difference that if you listened to the major media, and I listened to a lot of national public radio this week, I did it so you don't have to. You're welcome. But you heard a lot of people are saying, well, he wasn't really that big of a deal with one one big clinker to that theory, unfortunately. And that was he led what he considered the caliphate and which a lot of jihadis considered to be the coming of the caliphate that was promised to them and he labeled himself whether through hubris or out of sincere belief that he was such he labeled himself the caliph and so i don't know about you i'm no foreign policy expert but when you're fighting a caliphate and you kill the caliph that's gonna leave a mark Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight the number to call join us, won't you please? It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM twelve eighty the Patriot. Baby, baby, love, baby, baby, love,
2: baby,
3: baby, love, AM twelve eighty the Patriot digital marketing is a big part of just about every business it's everywhere is your business using it to your advantage are you receiving your share of the leads if you're not effectively using digital media you could be losing sales by the second even worse your customers can be grabbed up one by one never to return Customers by putting your business message in front of the right person at the right time. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100%
4: drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older... and they discounted it to only 19.95. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384.
0: Here's another free offer from Lucky Station.
5: Do you want exceptional convenience and still do business with a like-minded Minnesota company? It's Lucky Station Convenience Stores. Larry Elder here with Lucky's owner, Scott Stevens.
0: Don't let the negative news and the upcoming weary winter weather wipe you out. Come into Lucky Stations and let us brighten up your day, or at least help you see better. Mention AM 1280 The Patriot, and we'll give you a free gallon of windshield wash. We'll make your day better and brighter. Lucky Station, your neighborhood store.
5: Lucky Station is a small group of family-owned convenience stores in a world of giant national chains. They have to work harder to earn your business. Lucky Station has everything that the big-name convenience stores have. Lucky's Station, the official convenience store of AM1280, The Patriot. Find them online at luckystations.com.
0: Mention AM1280, The Patriot, and we'll give you a free gown of windshield wash. Lucky Station, your neighborhood store. With nine Twin Cities locations to serve you.
1: Look out, Mama, there's a white boat coming up the river. AM 1280, The Patriot. With the big
5: red beak
1: and hey, don't a forget, flag and a
5: man on the
1: every day at AM 1280, The Patriot, it's our goal I think
3: you better call
1: that what you hear positively affects you and your family. We aim to be your main source We're of much needed information. I know we already are for many of you. And we try to provide you with some perspective about the news that is truthful, timely, accurate. So go to am12atthepatriot.com, click on Fan Club to share your video story with us. Just for sharing, you're in line for a 1000 bucks And a Visa gift card. Who couldn't use that? Everyone can use that. No purchase necessary. By the way, it's brought to you, along with the rest of the Freedom Fan Club, by Lucky's Stations. What I'd love to see sometime, sometime, don't care what, sometime in my lifetime is, I'd love to hear this. It'll never happen because the the powers that be at National Public Radio will never allow it on the air. But we were talking before the break about the media's turning backflips to avoid crediting Orange Man for anything regarding the demise of Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. And... I would love to hear this sometime, uh, just one time in my life. Maybe it'll slip past a censor sometime, or maybe someone will be asleep in the switch, or who knows, maybe National Public Radio will actually commit itself to honest coverage of the news. I would love to hear uh, an anchor say, well, there are some who cited the death of al-Baghdadi. Of al- Isn't that important, given that he was at the head of an asymmetric worldwide terror organization? How important was his death, really? And, and have the expert respond, well... Yeah, it's true that asymmetric terror organizations are built to survive. On On the other hand, if you're talking about the history of a putative caliphate, the death of the caliph might be considered a tactical setback at the very least. The, the whole existence of the caliphate and, and the caliph uh, position to which al-Baghdadi had appointed himself might as well never happened. It was straight down the memory hole. 651-289-4488. Let's go to Mark in St. Louis Park. Welcome to the Northern Alliance. You're on the air. Mitch, thanks for taking my call. And I wanted to apologize. I, I went out of radio for the first time in, like, years. So I called your screener. I didn't want to ruin the, the flow of your show or put you on the spot.
3: Um, but I had a question for you. I came up at at, at lunch just now with my brother-in-law and my
1: sister um, he wanted to know and, if, and if, why uh, on the, the, the last vote on the Armenian genocide, uh, Ilan Omar voted present, and I wasn't 100 percent sure. So I thought maybe I'd call you if you had a, more information on that. And sorry to ruin the flow of your show. No, this is but, no, uh, this fits I, in perfectly. I was going to hit this topic I, at some point today. I, and just... Oh, that's okay. Yeah, sorry to. Never okay. apologize. We got you on the air You're here for a reason, okay. Mark. No, and in fact, okay. I have no particular insight on her reasoning, other than the fact that the woman, uh, Ilhan Omar, Representative Omar from the Fifth Congressional District here in Minnesota, uh, is—I mean, she will take no vote that isn't fully in congruence with the progressive narrative. And this was spelled out, I think. Uh, by the statement she released immediately after voting president on uh, just to explain what Mark was talking about here this past week, after years of dawdling around and years of, I think, Obama administration stonewalling. I, I'm fairly certain the uh, Congress finally took up a resolution calling for accountability on the part of Turkey for the Armenian genocide. Now, we're going back over 100 years here, uh, 100 or so years ago. Uh, Turkish military uh, forces in what is now Armenia, which was then controlled by the Ottoman Empire, a.k.a. Turkey, went on a campaign of what we now call ethnic cleansing. And it was, in the days before the Holocaust, it was one of the most ghastly affairs in human history. Now, the details were largely covered up. Uh, partly because there was bigger news going on closer to home uh, This is during world war II, 1915 through 1918, I believe were the, 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 the depth of the genocide against the Armenians. But that being said, there is no varnishing the fact that it was a horror of epic proportion. There was one movie that came out a few years ago about it. I don't, I never got the chance to see it. I don't know if it was any good or not. Uh, But if you do yourself a favor, read up about the Armenian genocide. Now, it's been of some controversy over the years, because for years after World War II, Turkey was a key ally of ours in NATO, holding the southern flank against the Soviets, was a key base for all of our intelligence gathering, and at one point missiles, and is up until very recently, was a key part of the NATO alliance. Still is technically, although that may be evolving over time here. Now, the problem is not so much... Well, it did happen. Everyone knows. Ask an Armenian. It's a key part of the Armenian-American experience, keeping that memory alive in much the same way that uh, Jews do the same thing about the Holocaust. In proportion, it was a similar gutting of an ethnic group. Here's Ilhan Omar's statement, however, and this is, I think this answers Mark's question. Why did she do it? I think you'll find the answer in this statement. This is uh, Representative Ilhan Omar's statement uh, this past week on voting present on a resolution to recognize the genocide of Armenians. Quote, I believe accountability for human rights violations, especially ethnic cleansing and genocide, is paramount. But accountability and recognition of genocide should not be used as a cudgel in a political fight. It should be done based on academic consensus, uh, outside the uh, consensus, outside the push and pull of geopolitics. So in other words, it's not really all that paramount. Anyway, back to Ilhan Omar's statement. A true acknowledgement of historical crimes against humanity must include both the Hatous genocides of the 20th century, along with earlier mass slaughters like the transatlantic slave trade and the Native American genocide, which took the lives of hundreds of millions of indigenous people in this country. In other words, your genocide doesn't count because we as Americans, well, you all as Americans, aren't blameless. If you're not completely blameless as regards genocide, you have no business bringing up other people's sins by the way there were not hundreds of millions of native americans there are 300 million americans today there were certainly not that many native americans roaming uh the prairie before 1600 it just didn't happen uh ilhan omar is historically illiterate uh anyway for this reason i voted present on final passage of resolution 296 the resolution affirming the united states record in the armenian genocide it's a cowardly statement and it's it's a matter of of absolute pusillanimity but it is fully in line with the progressive ideal that americans have no moral standing to criticize anyone because our crimes the crimes of our ancestors against humanity uh make all others apparently pale we can't condemn the armenian genocide the holocaust the rwandan genocide because slave trade which never seems to take away Ilhan Omar's credibility being involved in a you know society that's traded its share of them as well oh wait can't say that northern alliance am 1280 This is a solicitation of insurance by eHealth, an insurance agency offering plans from different
3: insurance companies. No government or Medicare affiliation. The described coverage is not available in all counties or cases. Paid actor portrayal. Hi, I'm Dave Nemeth.
6: And I'm Barbara Niven. You may have seen us on television talking about an all-in-one card that has the Medicare community talking.
3: The one that gives you coverage for hospital care, doctor visits, prescription drugs, in many cases even eyeglasses and dental care.
6: For a monthly price that some people
3: find... Too good to be true. Except it is true. One card, one
6: company, one complete package of Medicare benefits designed to help you get well and stay well.
3: Now that's something worth talking about.
6: Watch your mailbox or learn more online at onecardnow.com. That's onecardnow.com.
3: Please don't put this off, it's too important. Visit onecardnow.com for free information with no obligation. That's onecardnow.com.
6: I was looking at one of those closets from California, and then I remembered I live in Minnesota. I have parkas and snow boots. Heck, I have hockey gear. I need storage solutions that fit my stuff, not some beach babe stuff. Closet and Storage Concepts of Minneapolis designed the perfect closet for me with custom touches like soft-closed drawers that other places charge extra for. That's just Minnesota nice. They also gave me the plans and quoted me one all-inclusive price. No surprises. I'm Norwegian. We hate surprises. Visit closetandstorageconcepts.com.
2: This is what matters. This is beyond X's and O's. This is the difference mutual respect makes. This is what character looks like. This is what defines us in Minnesota. This is sportsmanship. School sports. It's not the outcome that matters most, but the way the games are played. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. AM 1280 the